So again, as I was saying, as I was praying and processing through uh, what um, the Lord wanted me to share this morning, he brought me to Ezekiel 37, um, which a lot of you may be familiar with, some of you may not, so we're going to read the story. It's in Ezekiel 37, and it's known, the story is the Valley of Dry Bones. But I love the subtitle in my Bible, so if you have your phone, your iPad, your, your, your Bible, you're at home, you might want to pull out your old school leather and paper Bible and follow along with me, and I'll be reading out the New Living Translation. But I love in the New Living Translation in my Bible at home, my paper Bible, as, as I was studying, I love, it says the Valley of Dry Bones, but then it there, 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 there's... A colon, and then it said, and the renewed people. I love this. So we always call this the Valley of Dry Bones, but I love how my subtitle said a a renewed people. So again, some of you are familiar with this. We're going to read Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. We're going to read through this whole story. It's very powerful, and I feel like it's what the Lord wants to share with you and with me this morning. I was blessed as I was studying yesterday and this morning. Let's, let's uh, begin in verse 1, Ezekiel 37, verse 1. The Lord took hold of me, this is the prophet Ezekiel speaking, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones and covered that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as I was told. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into the bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their own feet. I love this. A great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, we have become old dry bones, all hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore, prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I will open up your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, oh, my people, you will know that I am the Lord. It's the second time he said that. I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. Let's pray over this time in the word. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is awesome, living, true, active, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. 
Lord, I thank you, Lord. Speak to me and through me as I present this word. Help me to present it clearly, Lord God, and help us to be stretched, challenged, encouraged, equipped, and strengthened in our faith and our walk with you today, Lord God. And most importantly, give us the grace to live it out, Lord God, and to apply it to our lives and to not only apply it in a practical sense, but to be transformed, Lord. Only you can transform us, Lord God. Through the washing of the water of your word, Lord, help us, Holy Spirit, today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Now, at this time, at the time this event took place, it was 586 B.C. The Babylonians had devastated Judea. The temple had been destroyed, and most of the people had been exiled to Babylon. The people still in Judah were just a small remnant, and they were the poorest of the poor. So that's the context that we're in. So from the promise of a vibrant city overflowing with life, the prophet was transported into a valley of death surrounded by bones on all sides. This death, this death seems that death seen seemed hopeless. These were not recently expired corpses, but miscellaneous bones scattered everywhere across the ground and completely dried out. The scene, as, as, as the Lord said, is symbolized, this represents the people of Israel. The scene symbolized the attitude of the people. See, they felt like all hope was gone because of everything I just said. They were exiled, the temple was burned, and the only people left in Babylon was just a few small, I mean, the poorest of the poor. They said, our, our nation's done, all hope is gone. You know, some in our country right now feel hopeless because of the current crisis. You, if you're watching today, I know there might be other people tuning in. If this is your first time ever tuning in the Family Life, by the way, welcome. My name is Brandon. I'm one of the pastors here. So I don't know who's all watching today, but I just want to say you may feel hopeless just like they did. You know, think about it. Just like Judea at the time, we went from a vibrant country of hustling and bustling and, and businesses and, and, and gatherings of church and all this stuff to people getting sick and dying all around us. We're in a partial shutdown right now. People are in quarantine. People are losing their jobs, so forth and so on. You might feel like our country is in a valley full of dry bones. Also, spiritually, myself, my wife, and others that I've talked to feel like that we have been dry. As a church, we've been spiritually dry. And I believe that. I've sensed that and a lot of other people have as well. You sitting there, you may have sensed it maybe personally for yourself or just as a church. Not just family life church, but the church as a whole. I was on the phone with a brother yesterday and we were talking about this. So we may, not only going from a, a vibrant <clears throat> country, city, and economy, but spiritually dry bones. The good news is today, church, we don't have to stay there. We don't have to stay there. Today, I want to challenge you to get a different vision for the valley. We are in a valley right now in this country. We are in a valley maybe personally. You may be in a valley spiritually, physically, financially, whatever the case may be. But you today can get a different vision for the valley. And I want to give you a few ways on how you can do this. Number one, speak life instead of slander. Speak life instead of slander. Look, Ezekiel 37, 9. Again, let's read it again. Then he said to me, this is Ezekiel saying, the Lord said to me, speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign law says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Listen, breathe into these death bones so they may live again. 
They may live again. The Bible tells us in Proverbs that we have the power to speak life or death. Life and death is in the power of the tongue, and we will eat of its fruit either way. See, it was God's will that these bones should live again here in Ezekiel 37. His will was carried out through the prophetic word that Ezekiel was to speak to these bones, declaring that they should be restored into living, breathing bodies. Now listen, the word prophecy in Hebrew doesn't just mean the telling of future events. That's part of it. But in Hebrew, it it actually has a focus on encouraging or restoring covenant faithfulness. That's what the word prophesy means. So when he was saying prophesy to these bones, see, the Lord had made a covenant with Israel. And again, those bones symbolize where they were at as a country. But when he said prophesy, speak life over them, it was a, a, a prophetic word of life uh, to restore the covenant that God had made with his people. See, prophesying is speaking God's word and will over our lives our churches, our country, our leaders in this current situation or any situation we're going through in the future. It's so important that we speak life. If you're married, speak life over your, your, your wife. Especially if you have children, speak life over your children. We must, especially in a time like this church, we must speak life. See, because the opposite of that is slander. And listen what the Bible says in in Titus 3, 1 through 2. It says this. Remind the believers. Some of you may know this. I want to remind you this morning. Remind the believers to submit to the government and its officers. That's a good place to stop right there. Why are we doing what we're doing? Well, our government officials... Have, have, have strongly warned us and encouraged us to stop meeting in big gatherings and to do all, a, a bunch of different things. Why should we do it? One, it's wise. Two, the Bible tells us to submit to, to the government and its officers. They should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. Now listen to this next verse. They must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show humility to everyone. Listen, church, I'm going to just share with you something that's been on my heart and it's for years, and I've shared this before. You know, years ago, I, I, several years ago, I would listen to some, some Christian talk radio, and I might step on some toes today. I'm not going to call out any, any people on radio stations, but I'll just say this. After listening a while, I realized there was a lot of slandering and quarreling towards people that they disagree with, so I stopped listening to those radio stations. I believe just in what we see here, and, and I get it. I, you know, you can debate, you can do these different things, but what the Bible tells me, if there's always a negative, slandering, quarreling, uh, quarrelsome, fighting kind of attitude, I don't believe that's of the Lord. I believe the Bible tells us we need to speak life, and it, it, it clearly says we must not slander anyone, especially if we disagree with them. Listen, I've heard so many discussions amongst believers on social media, especially right now, and I've been guilty of it myself. I'll be the first one to lift my hands and say, it's me, it's me, O Lord, standing in the need of prayer. I've done it myself, and I've been convicted as I, as I, I was studying this message and even as I'm preaching it right now. 
that, you know, we, we, when we disagree with people, even right now, there's a lot of disagreement about what's going on, what was the cause, why is it happening, where is it from, how is it going to be solved, and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and when people disagree, man, they begin to, to throw arrows. They begin to throw stones. Listen, the Bible talks about we got to lift the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the enemy. We got enough arrows coming at us from the enemy. We don't need to be throwing them at each other. Okay, so I just want to encourage you with that. I want to challenge you this morning. We need to stop slandering and quarreling up with about and with people we disagree with and start speaking life over them and praying over them. Again, church, especially during this time. When we do this, I believe we will get a new vision for our country, our current situation, and our personal lives. When you begin to speak things and you begin, you begin to speak God's word and God's will and you begin to see the things the way God sees it, you begin to see things changing. You know, again, I've been talking a lot about our nation, the current situation, but this goes for you in your personal life as well. You know, maybe you was going through a valley even before all this stuff started and you've been speaking the wrong things. You need to start speaking life. I love Job twenty two twenty eight. It says, you will declare a thing and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. Listen, I love that. When you speak life, you begin to speak uh, light and love and the truth. And yeah, listen, it's not, it doesn't always feel good. I get it. Life don't always have to be, you know, uh, 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 marshmallows and roses. I get that. But what I'm saying is we have the power to speak life. The Bible makes it clear, slandering, quarreling, division, dissension. I've been praying that all week as Pastor Todd as well as we've been doing prayer meetings and, and whatnot. I'm telling you, I believe this. The power of speaking life and death. Listen, I heard a story years ago, and this breaks my heart. Uh, a lady that's in ministry and that, that deals with, 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 with a lot of moms and single moms, she said that some ladies were speaking medical disorders over their children so they can continue to receive checks from the government. How sad is that? How heartbreaking. But they understood how powerful their words were. That if they kept speaking medical disorders and, and things over their children, that it, it had a better chance of happening so they can continue to receive money. That's heartbreaking, but the same is true. The same is, is just as powerful as we speak life over our children, our, our, our lives, our church, our community. Call those things that are not as though they were. I remember hearing a chaplain for a football team one time uh, speaking of prophesying, and, and, and he's, he's, a, he's a chaplain for, for a Division I uh, college football team. And I asked him one day, I said, man, I see you praying over, the, over the, the, the students on the sideline and stuff. I was like, what are you praying? What are you praying over them? And he said, man, well, I pray that they would glorify God with their play on the field and in their life and all that. And he said, listen, Brandon, I know some of them may not be serving the Lord, but I feel like I'm prophesying over them. When I pray that, I'm prophesying. I'm speaking life. Even though they're not doing it now, they, I, I'm believing they're going to be doing it later. And he said, I've seen a lot of those come to the Lord, and I've baptized them and discipled them. That's powerful, y'all. See, see, this man of God understands that the power of speaking and praying life over others, what can happen. So, church, let me encourage you. Speak life, not slander. Amen. Number two. Number two. And I believe just the Lord just gave me, a, a, opened my eyes afresh to this uh, just uh, yesterday and this morning. We must be filled with and depend upon the Holy Spirit. I tell you what, there's a lot of things we used to depend upon that right now we can't depend upon it no more. 
There's things we used to run to and go to and, 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 and know we can look forward to each and every day. You know, and, and sometimes, especially as guys, we can become self-sufficient and think, well, okay, yeah, Lord, I'll call on you when I need you, but I'm good. But we need to be filled with and depend upon the Holy Spirit. Listen, Ezekiel obediently fulfilled his commission to prophesy to the bones. And in response, they came together <clears throat> to whole bodies. Yet a body of bones, muscles, and flesh and skin is still a corpse, right? It was still a corpse when they stood up. They were just standing up dead now. But these people still had to be filled with breath if they were to live. So look at verse 10 again, Ezekiel 37, 10. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood on their feet, a great army. Now listen, that word breath in Hebrew is also translated spirit or wind. So when he said speak and for the prophesy to the four winds that breath would fill them, yes, it was physical breath, but it was also the Holy Spirit. When Ezekiel prophesied to the four winds, breath came into uh, the into the reformed bodies and they stood up on their feet as a great army prepared for battle. They had flesh and bones and all that, but now they had the breath of life. They had, they had the, the, the breath of the spirit in them, and now they were prepared for action. They were ready to take action. See, this breath is symbolic of being filled with the Holy Spirit. It gave them life and empowered them for that action. God was assimilating his army, but he had to breathe the life and fill them with the Holy Spirit to be ready for action. Listen, church, the Holy Spirit is doing the same today. He's standing ready to, to fill us with his power, to fill us with the breath of life. Just as we speak life, you know what, listen, and, and, and this is, these work together. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with that breath of life, you know what, it, it, it naturally, you begin to speak life. You begin, because you know when the Holy Spirit takes control of you and you begin to start speaking something that is not of the Lord, the Holy Spirit will put the brakes on you and say, oh, don't go there. Don't speak that. Speak this. Look at what Jesus said about the power of God. Remember, this army was raised up, ready for action and for power. Look what the Holy Spirit... I just read this this morning. As I was reading through the book of Mark this morning, look what Jesus said in Mark 12, 24. He said, Jesus replied, your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. Listen, church, it's a mistake to not understand, receive, and live in the power of God. We are greatly mistaken if we think we can live this life and go through any time without the power of God. How do I know that? Because Jesus himself said it. He said, your mistake is, and the, some Sadducees were debating with him about the resurrection and whatnot. And he told him actually two things. Your mistake is you don't know uh, the scriptures and the power of God. So let me go back to that. We're also greatly mistaken if we think we can live life victoriously as a fruitful Christian and not know the word of God. Not understand the word of God. That's why we're always encouraging you. Last Wednesday, when I talked about how we can pray through this time, I said, read your Bible first. When you read the word and understand God's will, then you know how to pray. When you read the word and you understand God's will, then you know how to speak life because you're speaking the word of God. But he says, and you don't understand the power of God. Listen, we must not be mistaken anymore, church, and think we can go through life without the power of the Holy Spirit. 
I just heard about just a, a couple of days ago, uh, I had a family member. His dad told me that he had the opportunity to uh, ride in this powerful uh, sports car. I mean, very rare, very powerful sports car. He jokingly asked one of his customers, he said, hey, man, you, you pulling your car? You going to take me for a ride? He said, yeah, sure, jump in. And he really did. He took him for a ride. And he said, I mean, that thing went zero to 90 in like 2.5 seconds. And he literally said it was so powerful that when it, 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 he had a hard time catching his breath. Because it was so fast and so powerful. He even told his dad later, he said, man, I'm still like, it's like I'm still trying to catch my breath here. It was so powerful. Listen, he didn't understand the power of that car. But I want to tell you this. The power of God is not just a joy ride. It's necessity. You know what? He had a good time in that car and experienced that power of that vehicle. But that was just, he had fun and that was a great experience. For us, it's not a joy ride, y'all. Yes, it, you, you do have joy. It is fun. You do. But it's necessity. And I, I hope and I pray that in a time like this, when, 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 when so many things have been stripped away with us, that we understand the necessity of being filled with and depending on the Holy Spirit. The power of God. He is God. He is the presence of God. The power of God. Everything that God is doing on the earth today is through his Holy Spirit. God the Father is in heaven. Jesus is seated at his right hand. God the Holy Spirit is the one living amongst us and wants to live in us. So where does the power of God come from? Again, Jesus tells us in Acts chapter 1, Acts 1-8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Just as you plug in, uh, a, a, you know, a, a plug, a, you know, your charger, your phone charger, any appliance to the wall, you know the source of that, that charger comes from the wall. The source of the power of God is the Holy Spirit. Again, Jesus tells us we, we, we must not be mistaken about the Word of God and the power of God. And then he tells us in Acts 1, right here, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Come on, I get excited when I begin to talk about the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. I hope that you're getting just as excited and more, more than just an emotional excitement, but stirred and a desire, as, as I often pray, a desire, a hunger for his word and a thirst for his presence. And, and, and I just want you to, uh, I pray right now that you have a, a, a desire to make the power of God a priority in your life. Ephesians 5.18, and this is why the Lord gives us a command in Ephesians 5. Do not be drunk with wine because this will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I love this. And a lot of you have heard me talk about this before, but that word filled means to be continuously filled each and every day. Every day. Listen, again this morning as I was praying as I, as I finish preparing this message and I begin to spend time with the Lord and praying, I'm like, Lord, I, I want to practice what I preach. Lord, would you fill me afresh today? I need a fresh infilling of your spirit, of your power, of your glory. I, I begin to have this thought because you know what? Just like when you fill up uh, a bucket of water, sometimes it can leak. Matter of fact, just last night, I, I was I was at home and I was barbecuing and I got a new part for my barbecue pit and I dumped the ashes in the old ash pan in our trash can and then, and then whenever we were moving it out of the way, I saw a little trash of ashes all the way where my can was. What happened? There was a hole in the bottom of my trash can and it was leaking ashes. You know, there's things in our lives sometimes just going through the day where we can, we can leak, so to speak. We can leak spiritually. And I believe that's one of the reasons why the Bible tells us we must be filled every day. But I want to go a step further. I, I felt like the Lord dropped something in me as I was preparing yesterday. Not only should we be filled with the Holy Spirit, we need to be fulfilled with him. 
totally fulfilled in him and who God is. Again, with all of this stripped away, there's so many other things I'm guilty too. We can run to for fulfillment, you know, think sports and, 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 and the gym and, and, you know, restaurants and all that. None of that stuff's bad in its own. That's not what I'm saying. But those things we can temporarily try to fulfill us. But now guess what church? All that stripped away. So now it's a good chance to reevaluate and say, am I totally, one, am I filled with the Holy Spirit? And I'm going to pray for you if you're not, and, and I encourage you to pray here in a minute. And am I fulfilled in him? Is my fulfillment in God alone? Now, if everything else, what if we strip back down to we're living off the grid? God forbid. I hope that don't happen. But if it does, would you be okay with just God and his people? Are you totally fulfilled with him? You, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and be fulfilled with him and in him. Look at Ezekiel 37, 14 again. It says, I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I am the Lord, that I, the Lord, I'm sorry, has spoken and that I have said, I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. I love that. The Lord personally, as he wraps up, they wraps up this story. He says, I will put my spirit in you. Thousands of years ago, the Lord was prophesying that he would fill Israel. And then later, all through the scriptures, we see Mark, we see Jesus talking about it. And in the book of Acts, we see the day of Pentecost where they got filled with the Holy Spirit. And the same thing is true today. The Lord wants to fill you with his spirit. See, the Lord put his life-giving spirit within his people. If the sovereign Lord determined to raise them up, no dryness on their part would hold them back. That's so powerful. The same is true with us. Even if there's been spiritual dryness, I want to encourage you and challenge you today. Even if you say, yeah, Brandon, that's me. I, I've been feeling that way, man. I've been feeling I was spiritually dry. Well, listen, the Lord wants to put his spirit in you. And no dryness on our part can hinder when the Lord pours out his spirit on his people. And it was prophesied in Job thousands of years before that. He said in those days, in the latter days, in the last days, some scholars call that the latter rain. There was the former rain of God's outpouring of his spirit and the latter rain. And we're living in the day and age of the latter rain of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And when he pours out his spirit on all flesh and all people, it don't matter how dry we are, we're going to get re refreshed and drenched by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. And that's what I'm believing. If you, if you can't tell, church, that's what I'm longing for. That's what I'm excited for. And I'm believing God to do that. Not only in this time, when we go back to some kind of normality, I pray that when we come back and we're all here, it won't be normal in here anymore. Me and you are not going to be the same. We're not just going to be settling for the status quo anymore. We're going to be filled and fulfilled with the life-given presence and power of the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled, fulfilled, and totally dependent on the Holy Spirit each and every day. The third and final thing, and we've this has been the thread throughout all, but I want to continue. Because when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, your prayer life totally changes as well. Part of that is you can get your heavenly prayer language. But the third and final thing is pray for all people. We've been praying, but I want to just show you in the scripture because I want to end this time today with some prayers where, but we need to pray for all people. Speak life instead of slander. 
be filled with and dependent upon, and I'll even add to that second point, fulfilled with the Holy Spirit, and then pray for all people. Listen, when Ezekiel was having dialogue with God about the dry bones, that's a picture of prayer. Because ultimately, saints stripped down that's what prayer is. It's us speaking to God and God speaking back to them. And I love that because a lot of times God's the one who initiates the conversation. He wants to have that dialogue. You know, just the other day I was d- dwelling on some things and some things were starting to bother me. That I was thinking about something that happened and, and it was really starting to just uh, bother me. And I wasn't even praying. And the Lord came in and he spoke to me a word that was encouraging me. That he really encouraged me. And he was showing me how he went through all of that same stuff and he can relate. He was going to help me through it. I love that. I love the Lord just invades our thoughts sometimes. He wants to dialogue. He wants to. It's just not us praying. He's waiting up there to pray. Okay, are you going to pray today? No. God, he, he's, he's a personal God. He wants to interact. Just as he came to Ezekiel, he said, hey, son of man. He took Ezekiel and he started the conversation. He started it. And had they begin to have a dialogue, that's what prayer is in its truest form, it's dialogue between us and God. And it's also a major part of speaking life. It's praying life over others. So we've been encouraging you to pray. Let, let's look at a scripture and we're going to continue. I mean, this is what's going to, this is what's going to get us through, y'all, not just surviving this time, but us thriving through and coming out stronger and, and more powerful on the other side and more unified. First Timothy 2, 1 through 4 says this, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we may live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. You see the difference? You know, we just read how it says don't speak, you know, when we talk about speaking life, don't quarrel or, or, or slander. It says here, our lives should be marked with godliness and dignity. You see the difference there? Now, I love this. When we pray like this, when we pray for all people, asking God to help, intercede, giving thanks for everybody, kings and authority, look what it says. This is good and pleasing to God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. There's God's heart right there. We know, man, John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he sent his son. He loved the whole world. And see, now we're a part of it. Just as God came and invaded our life and saved us, now he's challenging us to pray for everyone, asking God to help them. And see, there's a lot of people right now that need help, right, church? I know those of you watching and listening right now, I know you need help. There's a lot of people that need help. The Bible implores us to pray for everybody, ask God to help them, touch them, and, you know, intercede on their behalf. And he's, this pleases God because, you know, ultimately God wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth. Let me ask you, does it say pray for some people? Does it say pray for people you like? Does it say pray for people you go to church with? Does it say pray for people that's in your political party? Only people you agree with? No, the Bible says pray for all people. You know what the word all means in the Greek? It means all. All right. That's what everybody you see God's heart right here. You see his heart. He wants us to pray and to intercede for every person, whether they be lost, whether they be knuckleheads, whether they be bound up in drugs and alcohol or full of demons. Hey, God wants us to pray for him, because guess what? That was me 18 years ago when I walked in these doors. And I'm so glad a lot of you watching, some people in this building, just a handful of us in here to put this service on, prayed for me when I was 
crazy and the most unlikable guy. I'm so thankful that people did what the Bible said and they prayed for me. You know, the opposite of that is, a, is another heartbreaking story that I heard years ago. A friend of mine told me uh, that a Christian brother was on Facebook and he was being super critical of our former president. So after a while, my friend suggested on Facebook to him, he said, why don't you pray for him? And the guy responded with this. He said, I will pray that his days on, on this earth will be shortened. That's not the kind of way that the Lord wants us to pray, church. If the Lord says he wants us to pray for all men and this pleases the Lord because he wants everybody to be saved and understand the truth, I don't believe the Lord wants us to pray that we shorten people's days. No, we want to pray that they come to know the Lord. This is the kind of prayer that pleases God's heart. Now look what verse 4 says again. This is good and pleasing to God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth. Pray for people to be saved, to be healed, to be delivered from bondages. I know we just prayed that, and we're going to pray it again in a little bit. Just as I said also that worship is warfare, I want to encourage you, prayer is warfare as well. This is how we fight our battles through worship, but also through prayer. It's spiritual warfare. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're, they're not like the, the regular weapons that, that we would see in the Bible with swords or now with tanks and guns and missiles. No, our warfare is done in heavenly places. It's through prayer and worship. I love how one man said, you might have heard me say this before, but I love it. This all ties in together. When we, we want to speak life, not slander, not quarrel. We want to pray for all people. Listen, when you understand this, I heard this one day and it never left me. I heard a man of God said, we're fighting against principalities, not personalities. We must understand that the Bible says we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in heavenly places. The word heavenly places, that term means like in the spiritual realm, not just like in heaven. It means in the spirit. We're not fighting against personalities. You ever try to, to get in an argument, disagree with somebody has a different personality than you? I have, and it never turns out good. And guess what? I never win either. What about you? No, we shouldn't do that. Man, just like Brother Roy Stocksdale said, the founder of Bethany Church, his, his son, Pastor Larry, asked him, Dad, what's the one thing you learned after 50 years of ministry? And this is what he said. People are not your enemy. Church, if we can get this today, we need to speak life instead of slander. We need to depend and be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to pray for all people. They're not our enemies. Listen, yes, the enemy uses people. And sometimes they feel like you're, they're your enemy. But listen, we're fighting against principalities. I mean, all of this stuff going on, y'all. Listen, this is the time to unite, not only with the church, but with others. I love to see where they're working across party lines and different churches and denominations. And man, it's great. This is how it should be all the time. When you see when we start to realize this, we will stop going against a person or a group of people and we'll actually be going after the driving force behind it all. The force behind all this. Listen, I was, I was thinking about this scripture this morning. It's the thief that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. It's the thief. It's the enemy, okay? He's the one that wants to kill us, destroy us, you know, do all of these things. But thank God Jesus came to give us life and abundant, powerful, spirit-filled life. Amen. So as I close, I just want to ask you, where, where are you at? Where you been? I, I've been confessing my sin to you and my, 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 my shortcomings really with sin. Maybe you've been, you, you haven't been speaking life. Maybe it's been the opposite. Maybe you've been slandering. Maybe you've been being critical or arguing about people and with people. 
uh, maybe even right now in this whole situation, you're arguing, you disagree, and, and, and whatnot. You know, listen, everybody's at a different place. Pastor Todd gave us some great wisdom as a staff a couple of weeks ago when we were still all together when this all first came out. And he said something that was very powerful, and, and I'm going to paraphrase it, and, and, and I don't know if this was exact, but he said, we need to give people room to process this and to see where they're at. There's still people on different ends of the spectrum. Pastor Todd said, we need to allow people to, to, to process it how they need. If people are on this side of the spectrum and you're over here, listen, don't bite their head off. Don't argue with them. Pray for them. Just say, okay, yeah, all right, that's how you feel. I, I get it. Well, man, let's, we're going to continue to pray about that. So maybe if you've been being cynical, critical, arguing, listen, we need to repent and begin to speak life. You know, if you haven't been praying for our government leaders, our, maybe your family, maybe the loss or others, this is a great time to start. Again, we're going to pray over all these things in a minute. And maybe you need the power of God in your life. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit this morning. Jesus makes it clear. If we ask him, he will fill us. He even told the story. He said, he said, if you fathers being wicked, being, being, you know, earthly and, and not perfect, if your children ask you for, for an egg, would you give them a scorpion or, or will you, you know, if they ask for a fish, will you give them a snake? He said, no. He said, how much more will your heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit to those that ask? Listen, as we ask the Lord to fill us with his spirit, he will. Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. Now, I believe after the initial infilling, the Bible says to continue to be filled every day. I believe you continue to get filled and you continue to obtain more power spiritually when you spend time with God, when you get in his presence, when you get in his word. That's, I believe, how it increases in your life through fasting and different things like that. Maybe you've been going through a personal valley of some sort. I just want to encourage you because this scripture always encourages me. Years ago when somebody pointed out one word that really stuck out to me. This is the most quoted scripture in all the Bible. This whole Psalm, Psalm 23, but I just want to read verse 4. It says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. One of the key words in the verse is the word through. Even though we walk through the valley. Listen, church. We're not going to stay where we're at. We're going through this valley. We're going to come out on the other side. If you hear anything today, I want to encourage you. We're going to go through the valley. We never intended to camp out in the valleys of life. David knew that. David said, when I walk through the darkest valley, because he had been, he probably was when he was pinning this, and he knew he was going to do so again. Even when I walk through the darkest valleys, he said, I don't have to be afraid because you were close beside me. Your rod and your staff will protect and comfort me. That's a great way to pray as well. Lord, I thank you. You're beside us. You're close by. You're going to protect and comfort us during this time. One more thing before we pray. I want to look at one other valley in the, that the Bible talks about. And it's found in Job 3.14. It says this. Thousands upon thousands are waiting in the valley of decision. There the day of the Lord will soon arrive. Are you in the valley of decision today? Have you ever made a decision to give your life to Christ? Because guess what? With this going on more and more, we realize we're not promised tomorrow. But also, the day of the Lord's coming soon. One day the Lord's going to come back. And in an instant like that, he'll be here. Have you made the decision? Have you been hanging out in the valley of decision? Today, I want to encourage you to make a decision to give your life to Christ. The Bible says that we've 
all sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard and that the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So we're going to pray. But the first thing I want to pray for is for you today. I want to get you out that valley of decision. Remember, we go through the valleys. If you've been in that valley for too long and you say, Brandon, today, I don't know if I'm right with God. If, if my life ended today or if the Lord came back tomorrow, I don't know if I would be ready. If you don't know, that means you're not ready. My mom told me that and she was right. She was absolutely right. And so I want to pray with you today. I just want you to bow your head and close your eyes right where you are. And if you say, Brandon, I know I, I, that, that, that the scriptures from Romans 3, it, it, about the, the sin. I know I have sin in my life and I need to repent. I want to just lead you in a simple prayer. Just say, Lord Jesus, I know that I've sinned. And I ask that you would forgive me of every one of my sins. Lord, I repent. I turn away from my sin today. And I turn to you. I make you my Lord and Savior. Lord, I make a decision today to surrender and submit my life unto, unto your Lordship, King Jesus. Now, I ask, Lord, that you would give me the grace and give me the strength, Lord God, the, and the power to live for you. Now, even ask him right where you are. If this is the first time you've been praying to the Lord, ask him. Now, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your power. Fill me with your presence. And I'll be sure to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. See, just as God did a miracle in raising up those dead bones to life, the Lord chooses to give us the miracle of new birth and the underserved sinners like you and me. So if you did that today, this is the greatest miracle that can take place. I was worshiping to the song God of Miracles this morning. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, Bible says you've been born again. If you ask the Holy Spirit to fill you, he filled you and he, he wants you to continue to be filled with his power. Listen, there's a couple of links in the post right there. And one of them is a connection card. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe you've been away for a long time, I want you to fill out. Uh, click on that link. It'll take you to our website. Fill out the connection card. Let us know that you gave your life to Christ today or that you resurrendered your life to Christ. And we want to get in touch with you. If you don't have a Bible, we'll even mail you a Bible in this, in this time that we're in. Also, if you need prayer for anything, there's a prayer request link. There's also a link right there to give or text to give as well. So listen, I want to pray now over the other three. I want you to pray with me. I want to, come on, ask the Lord right now. If, if, you've, if you haven't been speaking life and you've been slandering and quarreling, ask the Lord to forgive you. Lord, I pray you would forgive us. For, for, for not speaking life with our, our tongues, Lord. Well, Lord, we, we, we pray you forgive us and we repent of slandering and quarreling and gossip and division and dissension. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I repent. Now, Lord, I pray you, Lord, help me by the power of the Holy Spirit to speak life, Lord God, to speak life, Lord, over my family, over the church, over my country, over my state, over the leaders, Lord God, even over those that I don't like or that are hard to get along with. I speak life and over them, Lord. I, I, now, Lord, I pray you help us. Come on. If you hadn't been praying for him, ask him today to give you a spirit of grace and prayer. Lord, I pray that you would give us the spirit of grace and prayer to pray for all men again, Lord God, that, that you would help us with it. And lastly, what's going to help us through with these two and anything else is being filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Come on, I want you to just lift your hands right where you are, in your, in your living room, in your bedroom, wherever you are right now. You may be in your car. You might be at work. I don't know where you are. I want you to lift your hands. It don't matter who's around. Come on, just say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Come on, we complicate things sometimes. Jesus said if we would ask, he would do it. He would fill us with his Holy Spirit. Now just say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Lord, I want to be filled with your power and with your presence. Come on, even ask him, Lord, Lord I pray that you would touch my tongue. Give me Lord, a heavenly prayer language, a special language that's just between me and you, Lord. I pray, fill me with your power. Fill me with your presence, Lord. I need you, Lord. I look to you. I depend on you, Lord. We want to be fulfilled. Come on, ask the Lord. If you if you haven't been totally fulfilled with the Lord, come on, ask him to forgive you for that today. Come on, let's, let's ask him, Lord. I'm sorry for looking for the other things to fulfill me, Lord. I want to be filled and fulfilled only by you, Holy Spirit. We want to be content and fulfilled with you and you alone. We need you, Lord. Fill us today afresh. Fill us with your fire. Fill us with your presence. Fill us with your power. Fill us with your anointing, Lord. It's your anointing that breaks the yoke, Lord. I pray, fill us with an anointing, Lord God. Help us, Lord God. Fill us. Touch our tongue that we would, Lord God, be able to pray in, Lord God, a supernaturally prayer language, Lord. I pray, Lord. Thank you for the gift of, of, of tongues, Lord. We thank you for your power, your presence, and your provision, Lord God. Today, we pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, the last thing I want to pray before we go, again, we're, we're, we're praying. We, we're, we're asking you to be a part of a global prayer movement called Unite 714, which comes from 2 Chronicles 714, where God said, If my people will call by my name, will humble themselves, seek my face, pray, turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal or restore their land. So we've been praying. There was specific prayer uh, uh, direction last week and it started new today a new we have a new prayer direction i want to encourage you if you haven't gone unite714.com very simple you can keep up with what's going on um and we're gonna we're, we're gonna pray along these lines also uh, the organizers of this movement, I know we did three days of prayer and fasting last week, but the organizers of the of Unite 714 is calling for a one-day fast tomorrow. So I want to encourage you. I'm going to fast again tomorrow, 24-hour fast. So if you start maybe tonight at 7, 8 o'clock, go till 7, 8 tomorrow. Come on, I just encourage you. Let's take another day. We fasted as a church. Now let's fast with the rest of our brothers and sisters around this globe right now. Let's, it's a time of another day just to consecrate ourselves, set aside another day of prayer and fasting but here's the prayer direction for this week one of the scriptures is hebrew 4 16 and it says let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious god so there will be we will receive mercy and we will find help or we will find grace excuse me to help us when we need it the most so along those lines come on let's begin to pray right now we are believing right now church that just as God appointed the Old Testament priests to stand in the gap as intercessors to see plagues and diseases eradicated, that the Lord wants to use the church to do the same thing. Amen? So let's go boldly through this throne. Come on, we're praying right now. We're praying, I know, and I want to encourage you, they pray at 714 and 7 uh, a.m. and p.m., but we can pray together as a church while we're all together online. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, use us as you did the Old Testament priests, Lord. We stand in the gap right now in the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord God, as intercessors praying that you would end this plague and end this virus, Lord God, in Jesus' name, or this epidemic, Lord God, Lord, whatever we want to be, whatever it is, we 
know, Lord God, that we want it to end. We know, Lord, you came to give us life. Lord, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but you've given us life. I pray for life and healing, Lord, as we intercede for COVID-19 to be eradicated from the earth, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Lord, we take authority over COVID-19 virus in the name of Jesus. We bind it, we rebuke it, and we forbid it for spreading or infecting anybody else. We come in agreement, Lord God. We pray it would be eradicated. I pray that the victims that are sick would be healed, Lord God. We pray for the doctors, the nurses, the scientists, first responders, and everybody else who's vulnerable to be protected. Lord, we pray you want a protection around us, Lord God, around them. Lord, we pray for our government leaders. You said pray for all people, those that need help. Lord, I know our leaders, federal, state, and local government need your help. We pray give them the wisdom, the direction that they need, Lord. Give them the strength, stamina, and perseverance, Lord. Not only them, but everyone else we prayed for on the front lines, Lord God, that are working with patients, that are helping patients, Lord. You gifted them and you've called them to do this. So we pray, Lord God, in agreement with them, Father God, today, Lord, in Jesus' name. We are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, Lord God. Thank you for choosing us to stand in the gap for our people and for the people of this nation, Father God. We pray for them. We know they need your help. We lift them up to you. We pray that all those, Lord God, that are not saved would come to know the truth, would understand to know the truth, and would get saved. We read today that that is your heart. This pleases you that we're praying. We know we're praying according to your will, Lord God, because we're praying according to your word, Lord. All of these things, we join with our brothers and sisters online throughout the city, state, nation, and even the world. We thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing. And thank you for what you're going to do, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, again, I just encourage you to go to that website and check out those scriptures in that prayer direction tomorrow morning, 714 tonight, 714. Pray with us again. One more day tomorrow, prayer and fasting. And, and we, we might have some other times that we're believing this thing will end soon. But listen, we're going to be continuing to keep you updated on social media. We love you guys and we look forward to seeing you soon. Again, if you need anything, reach out. Again, prayer requests or any uh, thing that you may lead, uh, press the, the link for the connect card prayer requests um, or you can even comment right now. I, I know a lot of y'all have been already. So we love y'all and we look forward to seeing y'all very soon. God bless. Have a great day.